Want to support the show and get free stuff while you do so? Go to patreon.com slash the dolls of horror for more information. Monster! Yeah. Listen, you gotta help. They're gonna bury me, man. You gotta help. Bannister, what is happening to me? Well, Ray, you appear to be dead. Don't, don't say that. That is impossible. I'm in the prime of my life. I work out every single day. My wife's a goddamn doctor. Why don't you take the corridor? What corridor? The corridor of life. Passageway to the other side. Because I don't belong on the other side. Jesus Christ, I'm only 29. Just relax, all right? Want to tell me what happened? I, I was on the rowing machine. And then suddenly I, I felt this, this, this vice-like rib just squeezing my heart. And I couldn't breathe, right? I just, I couldn't breathe. Oh, I've got the shakes now. I need some vitamin B. Yeah, you can't take vitamins anymore. You don't eat, you don't drink, you don't go to the bathroom. All that shit's not worth it. In about a year's time, you're gonna get a chance to go through to the other side again to become what's known as a pure spirit. But in the meantime, what's known as an earthbound emanation, which is a rotting cloud of bioplasmic particles dripping ectoplasm from every oh, orifice. Relax, Ray. All right, Bannister. Can you at least give me a ride so I don't miss my funeral? a few movies take a few notes <laughs> it was fun <laughs> ghost movies in which the main character is able to see and interact with apparitions of dead people used to be a big craze in movies before m night Shyamalan ruined the genre in 1999 and when you have the ability to work with creatures only you can see it can definitely open up a few financial opportunities for you as long as you don't mind getting your hands full of ectoplasm that is as tonight Dolls and I discuss 1996's The Frighteners. And now, The Dolls of Horror. It's showtime. Hi guys, welcome back to The Dolls of Horror podcast, the spot to feed your tormented addiction. I'm Summer. And I'm Jamie. Oh, Jamie. Yeah. It's Jesse's birthday. Oh, our boy is getting older. Our little boy's Another year wiser. (laughs) Another year wiser. Another year wiser. And that means we're doing Jesse's birthday movie, obviously. And this year he picked The Frighteners from 1996. Jesse, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. And Jesse, you're all <laughs> yes. grown up. I, yeah, I've I've been all grown up for a couple decades now, but uh, you're like I've been grown up longer than you, Summer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I am I am very excited about uh, talking about this movie. It's been a uh, childhood. Well, childhood is a is a bit of an exaggeration, but uh, this movie came out when I was 18. Um, and I saw it for the first time in the theaters, and it's always had a special place in my heart. And it's basically this is this is Peter Jackson at his directorial like prime. So yeah, we'll get into all the details as to why I love this mm-hmm. movie. Awesome. So so Jesse, you said that uh, you saw this movie for the first time in the theater. Um, what was that experience like? Like. Oh. First viewing, how was it for you? Yeah, it was great. So, like I said, I was uh, I was eighteen and ninety six, um, and um, I went with a bunch of friends, and it was just like you know, 
just just some high school friends. It was like um, it was you know Michael J. Fox, and uh, it was it looked like a dark horror comedy, which is which is exactly what it was, and. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it was it was a great experience. Uh, the what was great about um, seeing it in the theater, and we'll get into it when we get into cinematography, was just some of those scenes that were definitely meant for the big screen were great. Um, um, and it was it was great to to be, be able to see like, um, especially when you have. Um, Danny Elfman as uh, the composer with with yep. the music. It's just there's just so many delightful things to say about this movie. I want to like wait until we get to the proper uh, points in the um, in this uh, recording to uh, get to it. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, it is. Um, it it was it was great seeing it in the theater and being able to um, experience that on a big screen. Absolutely jealous. <laughs> I know. I'd love to see it on the big screen. It was probably really fun. Right, Jamie. What about you? What was your first time watching this? Oh, um, you know, it's so funny because I just had to look it up because I um that this is an R-rated movie. Mm-hmm. It, it feels okay. So yep. I definitely watched it when I was younger. Um, I think it came on TV or something. Um, but yeah, definitely like preteen kind of age when I first saw this one. And so in my mind, I always kind of think of it as like a kid's horror. Um, yes. Not in a negative way. I don't no. mean it in a derogatory way. But um, I just had to look it up and be like, wait, what? what is this movie rated? It's rated R, huh? Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I watched it when I was younger. Um, always kind of loved it ever since. Um, it's been a while since I rewatched it. I own it on DVD. So that was kind of fun. Awesome. <laughs> How about you? Um, Comedy Central. Nice. Yeah, just like Elvira, because this is a comedy. You know, that's how I associate comedies versus horror as far as, like, the realm of what it is. So I have always considered this comedy, not horror. The first time I saw it was on Comedy Central, probably around the same time I saw Elvira, because I was watching Mm -hmm. a lot of Comedy Central back then, because I really loved all their stand-up shows they had. So, you know, I was probably, I don't know, 13, 14 maybe when I saw yeah. this for the first time and um, I, you know this makes no sense but I always in my head probably because of the title get this one confused with Fright Night oh like I know the difference in the movies I know which I know there's Fright Night and I know there's this and I know they're two different movies completely different I mean, like completely different yeah <laughs> right when, when someone says the Frighteners I, sometimes I think Chris Sarandon, you know, and then when somebody says Fright Night, I'll think Michael J. Fox. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Makes no sense. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so um, that's always something that's happened ever since the the beginning. Oh, have you seen Frighteners? Yeah, I love that movie, and I'm thinking Fright Night, you know. You're like, Fright Night again. Right. So, yeah, um, I don't really have any real memories on the first time I saw this. I think it w- I just hit record on the VCR and let it go and watched it later. I honestly think that's what happened because I did that a lot. Yeah. And there's something I thought I might want to see. Um, so I have something for when I'm bored because, you know, we didn't have streaming back then. That's right, kids. <laughs> the dark we days. Used, we used to have to record shows and movies on VHS tapes. <laughs> to watch for later <gasps> and then sometimes you'd tape over something that you didn't mean to tape over and you're like god damn it i didn't want to tape over that <laughs> but you know what the joy of taping over something that you didn't like 
Okay, like that is good. Like, let's say, for example, I recorded um, Suspiria remake on VHS. <laughs> well, I would it and recorded over, over it that. with Frighteners. I, it's so it's so exciting to yeah. feel like you're erasing that part from your life. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the be- the beauties of VHS, you could just erase, just erase the bad memories. Yeah, exactly, and they were gone. Do, do you know what? And do you know what's? Do you know what's a funny like element of VHS that like nobody in the current age is ever going to experience? Even if you buy, like, even if you buy a VHS, uh, like, even if like they they're like turntables and they make a like a brief comeback, and um, we start using VHS tapes for a brief. Mm-hmm. brief but there's one thing that like nobody will ever experience today and that is like when you keep recording over a vhs tape you get you get that point where like when you're at the end of whatever you're currently watching you'll get that like that like reshuffled like all the dregs yeah. of like the other recordings over you'll be like the 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 uh, like the, the the fizzle down of like oh yeah that was that yeah. episode of the simpsons i was like oh yeah wait that was that other thing like you see all of the the little <laughs> quick little clips of the other stuff that you recorded over it nobody will ever experience that again it's like the funniest part it's like the the idea of like putting like like a mixed nuts bag like and like it, it, all the little dregs of all the different little little, little ingredients at the pretty very much end. it's true <laughs> pretty much it's true you know what's also people will never experience and that makes me sad is um uh rewinders Oh, I had yes. one. Oh yeah, I, I love that thing too because it was such a pain in the ass to like wait for it to rewind, and then you put it in the thing, and you're like, "Whoa, it's rewinding so fast!" I, I briefly worked at a Blockbuster Video, and they had like oh, like five mm-hmm. or six of those rewinders. So whenever people didn't rewind, we just pop them right into the rewinder before we put it back on the show. They were not following what the sticker instructed them, which was be kind. They were and not rewind. being kind, right? They were being mm-hmm. unkind. It's yeah. true. Man, those those days. Ugh, I love that like days. the good old days. I was gonna say I, I love that to maybe walk like ten miles in the sand <laughs> to get to the video store, kids. You know, when I, I was your age. I love that maybe like ten percent of our listeners are like actually laughing along with this, while the rest of us like, what are you guys talking about? What's a rewinder? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, y'all. For those of you who have not seen Frighteners from 1996, not Fright Night, here is the synopsis. <laughs> spoilers up the wazoo on this one. Yes, many spoilers ahead. After a car accident that kills his wife, a man discovers he can communicate with the dead and uses his new gift to con people when he realizes he's gotten in over his ectoplasmic head. Huh. That's pretty accurate. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. I like the little ectoplasma, ectoplasma. Um, yes. bit. They really spiced it up with that, for sure. <laughs> Written by Fran Walsh and Peter Jackson, and directed by Peter Jackson. You know of Lord of the Rings and Meet the Feebles, and my personal favorite, Heavenly Creatures, with Kate Winslet and Melanie Linsky. Has anybody seen that? I have not actually not yet. It. I've always wanted to. It was a blind watch. I rented it from the library when I came out here, and I loved it. Gotta watch it. It's a good one. It's fun. It's nice. I love him. <laughs> yeah. Starring Michael J. Fox, Jeffrey Combs, Jake Busey, Arlie Ermey, Ar- Arbu, Troy Evans, and Mama D, among others. <laughs> yeah. The cast in this one is so good. Such a great cast. Overwhelming, but great. <laughs> For sure. 
for sure. All right, let's kick it off with our favorite kill. Why would he want to kill his own girlfriend? There's always some stupid bullshit reason to kill your girlfriend. Yeah, that fits. <laughs> I mean, it really does. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. Jesse, guest of honor, what's your favorite kill? Um, so this movie has is weird with the kills um, because it they're not it's not a traditional horror movie in the like. Mm-hmm. way that the kills are taking place it's it's more like a murder mystery where like yes it's it's the, all the kills are pretty much identical for the most part um with that said um and we'll get into some of my grievances with this but um apparently ghosts can also die sort of ish yeah. and and so like um, it's a whole thing. You get a second yeah. chance to pass over. It's a, right. <laughs> so, so with that said, I will say that my most amusing kill was um, the Arlie Ermy death when he um, is facing off against uh, the Grim Reaper toward the end of the movie when he's got like his um, he's got his army gear on and he's got the two machine guns and he's shooting at the Grim Reaper. It's just like nope, and he just cuts him right in half and keeps going. And I just thought it was a very like perfect end for that uh Arlie Ermy ghost because it was like he went down fighting in a blaze of glory I'm like that's that's the way yeah. he should so yeah he sure did Jamie um yeah so like Jesse said this one with kills it's uh kind of weird um all that being said it's like the one that I picked okay I have two I have to just mention my runner-up really quick kind of going back to what Jesse said about um the ghost being able to die again um mm-hmm. would be Ray's like second time dying where like because like his face gets taken out and then there's like a pile of his ghost guts like on the car (laughs) and it's like oh wow that's cool and it's like but is he so he's like gone gone now like is he like he's not even a ghost anymore like oh damn okay so anyway that was a runaround but I have to and I feel like it's just a cop-out because I was having so much trouble choosing and I haven't got to do one of these in a while. So toilet terror because there was a bathroom kill scene. So whatever. Maybe I'm predictable going right for the toilet. Um, but anyway, it's the guy using the bathroom and then Michael J. Fox is like opening doors and the guy is like, okay. <laughs> and then the, the thing, the CGI thing, um, you know, comes out the mirror and like takes his heart out and he sees the vortex or channel or whatever it's called. And he says, mom, you know, and then gets taken up. So oh, the toilet God. terror gets it from me. <laughs> but it was kind of just because I didn't know what else to pick. Right. You know, for me, because I didn't know what else to pick is is Mama D. Um, oh, mm-hmm. And that's why our little sound bite fit so well uh, <laughs> in this one. I just love it when she's getting carried away and then there's that whole tug of war and you know, I love it. I love her. Uh, oh, you're talking about you talk about when Michael J. Fox his ghost yeah. kills her? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yep. You know, it's a whole thing. It so, is a whole thing. Yeah, it's a whole thing. And, you know, and then uh, she gets uh, taken away by, by her fella, by the love of her life and she's not mad at that and Okay. <laughs> and I love like the like the like hell kind of in that tunnel thing. Yep. With, like these oh, fighting yeah. things. It oh, was like yes. very like Lovecraftian and kind of Hellraiser. Like yes. it, it, it was like a it was a very like scary like kind of version of hell, you know, with these things like grabbing at them and it's like, oh, that's that's rough. 
that was part of it. Yeah, yeah, that was that was part of it. I love the whole thing. And um, the effects in that scene, while cheesy, are wonderful. I just, I love it so mm -hmm. very much. And that's what I originally thought that my kill was going to be. I was telling Jamie before we started, when I think of kills in this movie, that's always the first one that comes to mind. And I was really looking for something else so I could look, you know, look outside my box. But nope, I went with my gut and what I go. remembered. There we go. There you go. Fashion. So many looks. Yeah, looks. Jamie. Oh, so this one is kind of hard. Um, I know, me too. I do. I, I wrote down a, f I have a couple items that I would like to discuss. Um, okay, <laughs> so I think I'm going to have to give the winning look because he's just like the unicorn of this movie. And I love him so much just in general. So this goes to Milton, um, Jeffrey Combs is breastplate thing that yes. he's wearing when he shows it um so like that's definitely my number one look where i'm like i'm not mad at jeffrey combs <laughs> with his like breastplate on i'm not mad at it i love it i want a big poster of it in my room um okay so i love that that's my favorite and then um shout out to uh ray's matching like sweatsuit when it <laughs> When he crashes his car into his yard, it's um, it's green and purple and oh so baggy. Um, and I loved it. Yes, yes. It's oh, so, so baggy. It's so. It's like it was. It was right before like spandex, really, like you know, in yoga pants and that whole like the form fitting athletic look, yeah. like really took yeah. hold, and people not... were still wearing like those baggy ass jogging pants that were just like like it, it cinched around your waist and around your Pretty ankles much. and then the rest was like five miles of material just like all right <laughs> just flapping in the breeze yeah <laughs> yeah jesse what about you um so this one was i agree it was very difficult fashion wise but um i will say that um michael j fox's um when he had the uh the the when he was at dinner when he was wearing the um the the red collared shirt with the vest I thought that was a really solid um look that yeah. I don't know if I would be able to pull off myself but I thought he like totally um rocked it and I really liked um uh Lucy's um her her pajamas when she was in the uh, when she was getting um like but the poltergeist said that she just was she looked like a little kid when yeah. the, when the bed mm -hmm. was getting all like 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 Ray get me off of here like that part I was just like like they they made her like totally look like a little kid and I just thought it was very adorable so I definitely like that um that part too so yes awesome well Jamie this one's for you my runner up is the pink robe of horror. Nice. It was cute. Not only was it a robe, it was pink, and I loved it. Um, mm -hmm. Made my list. I, yes, I know you got a thing for all robes, but especially pink robes. I sure do. My winner goes to Cyrus. Oh. <laughs> His disco like thing. Yeah, as he referred to it, Link from the Mod Squad. Yes, <laughs> I love. I'm living for that. <laughs> and that's part of why I I chose that as my look because you know. That's how he referred to it, and it was great, and I loved it. But I did have a struggle with looks on this one. Um, my hair list is a mile long, but my fashion, little tricky. Mm -hmm. It was hard to find stuff. Yeah. Okay. Best hair. I'm like, that is very <laughs> yeah. wiggy. Um, that is such a wig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, basket case. Oh, yes. <laughs> Just the basket that keeps on giving. I oh. totally forgot I changed that, too. <laughs> <laughs> you surprised even yourself. I know. I did that the other day, and I, I was like, oh, right, I did that. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, what about what did you have for hair? Um, so I have two hair mentions. Um, first off, I absolutely love um, Magnarese Jones's Bob. Um, like, like it's it's the ninetieth Bob ever, and it's just it's just perfect. Like her hair is fucking perfect in every scene she's in. Not that she's in many, but um, she's in like three yep. of them, and um, and I just love her hair in that. And then my my other mention for hair is I love um, Jake Busey's like burn hair from the elect from his electrocution as a ghost, where they actually yeah. took they, they actually went the extra mile be like yeah he was electrocuted and here's the actual like bird scar on his head to prove it i thought that was a nice i love touch. that detail mm -hmm. absolutely same jamie um gosh okay so i have two that i noted there are a lot of good hair moments in this one um first of all our main girl um man she looks like elaine bennis in this movie totally. or so much like she just looks like elaine the hair the clothes she's wearing and i'm like oh it's elaine <laughs> you know you know totally do you know what she looks like is um, a cross between Elaine and um, Andy McDowell from the 90s, too. Like, like kind uh, of, at least to me. Yeah. That, that was my... Uh... I could see that. I, In my head, when I think back on this movie, not having watched it very many times at all, I always think it is Andy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, Groundhog Day, Andy, you know? Yeah. Oh, totally, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Sorry, totally. go on. <laughs> anyway um so there's that um okay i mean my favorite again jeffrey combs just gets it for me the whole movie i love his hair in this like i hardly knew how to even explain it it's cut really <laughs> high up and like it's parted really far over and like the way that it ends like the way that the part like the hair sits it's a really weird level um to have oh. your hair sitting and then he's got one little split like kind of um piece um so it, because it's so baffling and beautiful and wonderful and perfect for his character um and i can't imagine anybody else wearing that hair that's my favorite so um but shout out to the baby's cute little like hair that was all sticking up. I'm not usually into babies, but that one was cute because the ghosts are like talking to it. And it's like, ghosties, cute. Oh, yeah. And then it's got the little <laughs> sticking up hair. And I'm like, okay, that is pretty cute. It was, though. It was. It was. It was. was a yeah. cute kid. That was a cute baby. I was into it. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have like four. Four hairs. Uh -oh. I know. I know. No. Uh, uh, three. Okay. Mm. Uh, oh, this is a hard. I think. I think I want your guys' opinion. Sure. And then I'll choose. Ooh, okay. Okay. Because. Okay. 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 So. Um, be objective. Jesse, because these are two you picked. Miss <laughs> ah. <laughs> Reese Jones, like you said, her red bob with the bangs. It was so great. And I love the color, too. Oh, me totally. Too. Yeah. Really, really reminded me of Rose and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, except Rose's was longer. Yeah. But the color, you know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Joanna Cassidy and Don't Tell Mom. Um, also, of course, Lucy. Um, beautiful hair as jesse said very andy mcdowell in the 90s and of course it's beautiful and and you know curls yes um but i really specifically love the moment as she's approaching mrs bradley's house for the first time 
Okay. And part of that might have to do with cinematography, but I thought it, she was really, really, really beautiful and striking, especially in the hair in that scene. And third, I've got Mrs. Bradley. Um, <laughs> it's kind of, it's gray, obviously, because she's older, and it's parted down the center, and there's like these two poofs yep. on either side, it's and like it very Dracula. much reminded me of Gary Oldman and yes! Dracula. Yes! Oh my God, <laughs> Yes! See, I knew I recognized it from somewhere, and I'm like, I've yeah. seen that weird hairdo before. It's totally Dracula. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm like, Gary, is that you? And then, <laughs> yeah. th those movies came out, like, right around the same time, too. Like, yeah, I think Dr yeah. Dracula was 92. So, yeah, it's so that's that's really funny. I thought that exact same thing. I was like, yep, Dracula head. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I'm not the only one. So, Jesse, Jamie, what what which ones do you like out of those three? All right. I mean, this is a tough call because they're it all is. good. They're all good candidates. You know, um, part of me wants to give it to um, the Dracula hair because nobody else chose it and that it is really good. But if I'm just picking the one that I think is the best hair out of all of those, it's the bob. Like just because it's like a perfect example. The color is so good. And then it's like blunt cut bangs. Yep. But and they're like perfect. Um, the so, whole cut is blunt. The bob is blunt. Oh, it's very blunt cut. even. Yep. Mm -hmm. See what so I I have to give it to the bob just it's a great example of a blunt bob and and to echo what jamie just said um the what i love about the bob is in kind of a meta sense is that she kind of she looks kind of like a cartoon character because her hair is so perfect and so as a result like mm -hmm. it's kind of a call to the 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 movie is like you know it's it's a little self-aware and that's what I like about it. And so my point is, is that to have that character, the, the you know, the um, will absolutely get that story, you know, the determined reporter character with the perfect hair whenever she's out. Like it's so for those reasons, the totality of it, um, absolutely the Bob out of those. Mm -hmm. OK, good, because um, that was my first instinct. Follow your gut. Yeah, Follow that was yeah. what I wanted, uh, and that's what I thought I wanted. So you guys confirmed it. It's it's the Bob all the way, man, all the way. There you go. So yeah, glad we could help. Thank you. Yeah, you're yep. welcome. Anytime. <laughs> the Dracula hair was really good, though. <laughs> it is really good. It is great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All righty. Prop we would like to own. I brought something out from my tree. Where did you get that? Okay. I have three. I have um, one, two, three. I have four. How I many think. you got, Jesse? I well, I picked I picked one um for the for the sake of this discussion, but I'm actually gonna let you I'll I'll let you both go before me because you might jog my memory and make me think of other props. So by all means. Awesome. Okay, Jamie, what do you got? Okay, so I'll just give my first one first. Um, it comes up a lot of times. I literally paused the movie several times so that I could copy down the full number. I meant to look it up to see who it belongs to now, but I didn't yet. Um, anyway, I would really like one of Frank Bannister's um, psychic investigator cards. The phone number is 705 555 Four four three nine. I had to pause multiple times, get pieces of the number so I could put it together. And I was like, okay, here's the full number. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So you want to ping pong? I have yeah, let's ping pong. So that's my my top item. Okay. 
So my top item is going to be um, Jeffrey Combs's badge. Oh, that's my that's my second item. Awesome. I'm really sad that I missed out on that business card. I was like, oh, that's a good one. And wouldn't that be great to get that signed? Right. Right. Yeah. But no, I would I would love I would love his his badge fold. It's it's perfect and it's a great, great piece for this movie specifically. And it's yeah, great because it was... doesn't it doesn't describe like like what it where what what branch he actually works for. Like they they yeah. they make it he makes it intentionally um, blurry. Uh, just mm -hmm. blurry enough so you can just see that it looks very official, but that you don't know exactly where he works. And I, that adds to his character being so mysterious, which I like. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. What else you got, girl? I also would really like the Murderers, Mad Men, and Psychopaths VHS. Yes. <laughs> it was really cool. It was like a big, one of those big VHS cases. Clamshell. Yeah. Like clamshell. Yes, yeah, like... a clamshell. Yes. And I was like, oh, that is fun. I need that. <laughs> awesome. All right. Secondly, I would love Budzo the Garden Gnome. That yes, was, that was oh. that was my pick. It was the oh. I had a feeling it might be just yeah. I don't know why. I just thought of you. Um, yeah, so that would be my second pick if I couldn't get the badge. Yeah, I will also just say, um, you know, um, so that's like all of my main ones. But I will just say, like, um, the newspaper collection in this one is really great. The headlines are hilarious. <laughs> like, they so wouldn't fly in a natural paper. Where I'm like, that's that's not a headline. The first one you see on the computer, I I don't have it in front of me, but that one I was like, that. You couldn't print that. That's not a headline. Why is there so much punctuation in that? There should be zero punctuation. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, the newspaper collection in the movie was great. That is also a good choice. Sorry I missed out on that. Last but not least. Go on. <laughs> I would love Dee's um, father's urn of ashes. Oh, it's really pretty. Okay, well there you go. I was literally going to say the um, the urn was oh! was my other was my other one, and then the the after, when we were talking, um, not the newspaper collection per se, but the newspaper that um, was um, tossed in front, like that that Michael J. Fox tossed back at um, at um, Mag, uh, what's her name, Magda Reese Jones, and. Um, that that was basically that exposed him as the fraud or whatever her, yeah. her her editorial piece on him that particular paper I just loved the um the way that that because uh, you, you could tell that that was clearly something that they made because the uh, if you if you pause on the um, on the headline of thing like that is not formatted for like a newspaper and Jamie's probably like yeah that's um it, yes. it looks like something like that they put on Microsoft Word and then they put like old timey like you know effects on it to make it or print it on newspaper paper and be like here look this is a newspaper like oh, that's this is what like a high schooler would make in like journalism yes. class <laughs> yes yeah, the, I will say those were. Not the greatest examples of journalism here, but, you know, they move the plot along, so we love them, and we'll, we'll, we'll let it fly. <laughs> it's so cute. Every time I do see a newspaper, I automatically think of Jamie and kind of maybe how you might think of me when you see ballet. Exactly. Uh, now, <laughs> you might think, like I do, I wonder what Summer has to think about that. Always. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Jesse, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add? <laughs> 
No, well, I as on the fly, those those other two came. Like the, I totally forgot about the urn, um, and like the, I I liked that it wasn't like a huge MacGuffin, but it was you know it, it played a tiny role in the movie, and then um, mm-hmm. and then like yeah, like I said, the the newspaper definitely. I remember now going back. Um, I remember seeing that, and the I love it when a movie. You could always tell when a movie is like proud of their of their like newspaper like seeing the reaction shot and when they're just like yeah this is a newspaper like like we're gonna put it on the screen for like a quarter of a second but please do not pause and read any of these articles because they have nothing to do with the movie <laughs> uh, I, bet, I bet it's so much fun to write like fictional horror newspaper headlines like oh, i would man. love that right. job like have me on as a just like a, a newspaper headline consultant um and you have all of your... i will just come in and audit your headline and make sure that they are following AP style and are legit. And if and, and I would love to write them, those are the headlines say, I never get to write. Oh, I, was I know. Say, right? if, and if anybody questions your credibility, you could be like, um, "I have read about a thousand taglines over my years, so I know exactly how to write a headline for a horror movie." <laughs> I got the experience, all right. Just give me a chance. Put me in. Put me in. Put me in, coach. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready, coach. <laughs> I've been practicing for this. Uh, I've been practicing for this my whole life. <laughs> oh man, so good. <clears throat> Alrighty, epic lines. Boy, the next word that comes out of your mouth better be some brilliant fucking Mark Twain shit, because it's definitely getting chisel on your tombstone. Jesse, who should go first? Well, here's the thing. I have a lot of epic lines, but you two have my top three. Um, well, well, go you. I, I understand, but all three of my top three are among both of you. That's all. That's 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 that's, that's all I'm going to say. Well, I'll I'll admit it when we get there. But for now, these are the three that did not make my top three because they're unique. So, um, so my third of these was um, it's got to be the um, it's like the stand. It's toward the toward the end of the movie. Um, it's right after um. Uh, Jeffrey Combs uh, uh, dumps the uh, ashes out, and um, and um, Michael J. Fox is like pissed off at him, and he's just like, "You are such an asshole." And he's like, "You're right, I'm an asshole." With an Uzi. And then he proceeds to shoot him and shoot him so poorly that even though he fires off like six shots, Michael J. Fox survives. So here we go. It's a little long. To me. Let me guess. You have to get these ashes to consecrated ground in order to destroy the forces of you. Give me the goddamn earth, dammers! Under no circumstances must these ashes ever be released. No! Oops. I love that effect in that part, too. You have no idea what you've just done. You just don't get it, do you, Frank? This is all about your pathetic need for self-glorification. You are such an asshole. Yes, I am. I'm an asshole. With a new I just, I just recorded that extra part just to show you. It's like, yeah, he, he shot him like a bunch of times and he just got him like once in the arm and that's it. 
<laughs> so yeah, he that, delivers that line really great. Oh, it's yeah, no, Jeffrey Combs is a gem in this movie, an absolute gem. Um, so that was my that was my number three. Uh, my number two was um, a line that I can't hear without laughing every time because it's so beautifully delivered every time. But um, the uh, I'm, I'm trying to look up. Uh, Elizabeth Hawthorne is who pays Maggie Reese Jones. So, um, so she when she dies in her scene, um, and her her ghost is going away to the um, other side. She she taunts um, Frank one last time, and the way that she and, she, and she's awesome. She's just like, um, "Is this how you get your kicks? Did you did it feel good killing your wife, Frank? You're a murderer." Just the way she says it is so so delightful. Here we go. <laughs> Straight up cartoon shit. I like it. So great. But I'm saying she's totally a cartoon character in this movie, and I just love it so. I love her character so much in this movie. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad that she has a completed like character arc. Sort of. I mean, she at least has like a finality to her character, yeah. as opposed to just fading off because she was great. And then my my winner only because this is. Absolutely. Without getting into detail, like if I were ever to become a uh, private investigator uh, or an investigator of any type, a detective of any kind, and I had a question like a witness in an investigation, I feel like my brain just being like the the crazy weird brain that it was would be exactly how Jeffrey Combs uh, interviews uh, Lucy in his opening scene in the movie and then how quickly it falls apart when we couldn't realize how unstable he is, but this is the scene. (laughs) I came by train. I was going to take the flight, but I didn't feel good about the plane. At what time, <laughs> precisely, did Bannister leave for the bathroom? You. This is all business. Uh, I, I'm not sure, precisely. Did he use excessive amounts of table salt during his meal? What? Answer the question. For Christ's <laughs> sakes, it's really late. I can't remember that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> runs off in the bathroom yeah. to throw up. What is this? Excuse me, Lucy. I'll be right back. That's it. <laughs> it's just. I so love that now. moment too. I love when he's like, "Answer the question." <laughs> the question. <laughs> he's like, "I didn't. I didn't take the. Pl-, or he's like, I was going to take the plane, but I didn't feel good about it, or whatever." And I'm like, "Oh my god, he's a unicorn <laughs> so, in this movie." It's so perfect. yeah. I love him so like him the, Elizabeth Hawthorne and Jeffrey Combs are like they make this movie so so enjoyable but yeah absolutely yeah. so those are my three okay Jamie okay so I have three here um let's see okay so my my bottom one of those it comes from the judge um it is not when he fucks that mummy. Um, <laughs> that was, I don't know. Anyway, um, this is not that moment. Um, it is when he says, frightening. That's a young man's game. I ain't got no more hauntins left in me. <laughs> All right. That was my number three, by the way. 
Oh. I got myself a nice little grave up there at the cemetery. Could soon be time to lay my bones. No, 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 no. You're my go-to guy with that. You're not a business judge. Frightening. It's a young man's game, Frank. I ain't got no more hauntings left in me. What are you talking about? You're in great shape. My joints are getting powdery. The dog's running away with my face. Hell, I'm falling apart. Well, you've been falling apart for years. <laughs> he sounds so ancient when he delivers that line. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Okay, next on my list, um, it's Mr. Combs uh, once again. Because um, it's like a little joke that he makes where he's like, I didn't know you had such an interest in cryogenics, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you had an interest in cryogenics, Dr. Minsky. I'm reviving him at 9 o'clock. Why would we want to do that? <laughs> okay, and then my very favorite line, it's the delivery is just amazing. It's Jeffrey Combs again. I'm obsessed with him in this, but it's when he says, Sheriff Perry, you are violating my territorial bubble. <laughs> nope. Sorry, Sheriff. I have a problem with women yelling. Milton, can I get you anything? Sheriff Perry, you are violating my territorial bubble. (laughs) So good. That's that's actually, but that was my number one. (laughs) Awesome. I had a feeling I was going to say, I bet that's on there. I say say that all the time. Ever since I saw this movie, I have said that line in moments that it applies in my life. I mean, not that it applies a lot, but anytime somebody would like get like a little close to me and I would have the opportunity to say it to <laughs> be like, you are violating my territorial bubble. <laughs> <It's just laughs> so good. It is so good. Okay. Oh, this is tough. Um... Hmm. All yours are great, Summer. So I mean, don't. I be- know that's why it's so <laughs> tough, and you guys don't have any of them. And I'm like, fuck. Wow. <laughs> okay. Do you, um, me, do you want me to play the one that was on your list? Okay. Wait, what? I said, do you want me to play the one that was on my list? Remember, I said that. Um, so yes. Okay, that'll help narrow it down. Absolutely, it's go. all they're all so great. It's so hard. I understand this. This this one a part of it wasn't. It was part of. The, it was part of this party. Man, I hate that Trump. Yeah, well, I don't want you guys spreading your ectoplasmic muck all over my car seat. Oh, ain't that a bitch? The ectoplasm's the only thing sticky enough to hold a damn car together. Look, Frank, I'm sorry about your puss yellow piece of shit Volvo, but we ain't riding in the damn trunk no more. You understand? We would like to cruise with some style, man. So that's He's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's so cute. Yeah. He is my favorite. Okay, thank you. I... I now I heard it. Now I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that part too. Go, okay. Go on. So my number three, my second runner up um, is also a Cyrus line. And uh, that's when he simply says, if I wanted to get shot at every day, I'd move my black ass to Los Angeles. <laughs> Everybody get out. Judge. <laughs> Put the shooters away! That was a headshot, Frank! 
He could have killed me. You know, if I wanted to get shot at every day, I'd move my black ass to Los Angeles. <laughs> That's such a good part. <laughs> okay. Um, my, my number two, my first runner-up, happens when, in the very beginning, when they are uh, being haunted by their, quote, poltergeist. Lucy, I don't want that con man in my house. I mean, there's got to be some kind of rational explanation for all this. Ray, we have got a poltergeist. Well, it's nothing that the police can't handle. <laughs> I just, it makes me chuckle every time. So fun. So fun. Um, my winner, my winner, another Cyrus line. Uh, and that's when, you know, there he's discussing, you know, organizing a march. <laughs> Start pulling your weight, guys. You're going back to the cemetery. Yeah, well, you can pull this, Frank. I'm about to go like Jesse on your ass. I'm going to find me some other black ghosts and then organize a march. The African-American Apparition Coalition, the AAAC. And I'm going to tell you something, Frank. It ain't nothing worse than a bunch of pissed off brothers that's already dead so great <laughs> such a good line jesse just just to appease me um for my own you know joy can we just play my last line the um the judge's line oh sure sure hey, uh judge uh, 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 hey, looks like uh, i ain't shooting with blanks no more <laughs> <laughs> mighty fine woman good teeth <laughs> judge they don't call me the hanging judge for nothing. <laughs> I'm glad no, that we both brought it up. It had to be discussed, okay? It had yeah. to. Yeah, man, the teeth, the teeth. You know, I'm very proud of my teeth, and they were very expensive, so I'm going to keep being proud of my teeth. So, yeah. <laughs> so whenever I hear a line like that, I go, at least someone recognizes the importance of good teeth. Yes. <laughs> that's a great one. And I think in order to close this out, we need to end on on your the only other one you didn't mention, which is just a corny pun, and it's great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't believe this. This is not happening. My lawn, you, you ruptured my lawn. Uh, whoa. Hey, what are you doing? Uh, just uh, give me a call. Pay for the damages. You dare might you're gonna pay because I'm gonna sue your ass. Let's not get litigious, all right? It's just send me a bill. Frank Bannister, psychic investigator? That's right. Well, that's a good one. How can you see the corner coming? You stupid moron. <laughs> I love Ray. I love his attitude. I love his jokes. Like I his delivery is great. I love him. Yeah. I was I was sad, really sad when when we see that he's a ghost, you know, and it, yeah. he died. It's like, aww. Yeah. It's kind of a head, but that's okay. Yeah. It's kind of an asshole, too. I mean. <laughs> he was a great foil for Michael J. Fox in, like, the parts exactly. of the movie that he was in. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Okay, guys. It is time to talk about our acting. But before we do that, we need to take an ad break. Hmm? Now there's about 20 of them out there. What will we do? Don't worry. We're safe in here. They'll never get in. Why is it that in every zombie story, people always think that their safe haven is invulnerable? I know. It's like, hello, the walkers are totally going to get in. You better get ready for it. No! Diane, get behind me. 
No, it's not stopping. Do something, Jack! And another thing. How come nobody in a zombie story has ever seen a zombie story? Do you know how much time in human life would be saved if just one person in the group was up on the genre? What do we do? Aim for, for the, the head. head. What? Aim, Aim for, for the, the head. head. You heard them. Aim for the head. Quick, Diane, I think we should try and fix the barricades. I think we should listen to them. Now that's the first good idea they've had all episode. I still don't think they're going to make it. Aim for the Head, a weekly podcast covering the hit AMC programs The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. Join hosts Diana and Steve as they recap and discuss the latest episodes. Aim for the Head, available on iTunes. You can also follow them on Facebook. And now for actors. I know every face in here. i got a respect for the unknown actor. Oh, this had such a great cast in it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, yeah. And I mean, this this all made sense when I when I read up about it. But I mean, I I looked um, reading the credits. I saw Victoria Burroughs was our casting, right? And I just happened to know from reading many many other credits that she did the casting for Tales from the Crypt. Oh, fun. Okay, well. Turns out, fun fact, according to the internet, is this was originally originally planned as a Tales from the Crypt feature. Oh, oh wow. okay. Wow. Uh, but um, Zemeckis liked uh, the script so much he wanted to make it like a standalone movie. Cool. Right. Nice. So that made complete sense since she was over casting of Tales from the Crypt. And that also explains why so many of the cast mm-hmm. members have episodes of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, I was going to say that there's a lot of cast members who are in episodes. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was fun. So it, all those three pieces came together. First, I saw the name and knew who she was. And then I saw everyone in the cast was cast from Tales from the Crypt. And then I read this was supposed to be one. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, so on this show, we have already talked about Jeffrey Combs and Dee Wallace a lot. Jamie and I have. But, Jesse, are there any specific Jeffrey and or Dee uh, projects you just love so much? Um, well, strangely enough, this was the movie that I really appreciate. Well, had them both introduced to me because I didn't really go down the classic horror line you know, growing up. So... My exposure to horror movies was a little bit more eclectic, and so as a result, um, this was my first exposure to Jeffrey Combs, and I was like, "This dude is awesome!" And he had like <laughs> a like he reminded me he he was that same kind of weird that like Crispin Glover and like Brad Dourif are, mm-hmm. where they just Aww. have like they where you, they just bring this energy that's like they have a they have like a natural awkwardness that is so easily translatable on screen so they can play like like eerie characters and it's Mm -hmm. great like in this setting because it's like it's it's comedy but it's very understated comedy and so it's it's you're laughing at him like he's funny because you're laughing at him but he's not comic relief like that's what's so so great about his character is that he does that so well where everything that he does is hilarious but it's funny on accident but that's intentional Mm -hmm. that's so anyway he's so committed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely and everything he does he's he goes full for it like he's a master he really really is great character actor he just brings in like lots of uh just 
special flair to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. much detail in his performances. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't have I really haven't had the pleasure of like um, appreciating a lot of D Wallace's stuff aside from the um you know all the things that you've um brought to my attention over the years, but uh but yeah, so uh, my my uh, my familiarization with her has been basically like residual and secondhand, but I am getting more into uh, the stuff. Everything, let's put it this way: everything that she's had a prominent part in that you have talked about, I have enjoyed. Uh, whether I enjoyed it in like the the bits that you were talking about, or I had seen the movie in the past and liked it as well, she's done a lot of great things. I just don't mm-hmm. have them all off the top of my head. Um. And one other thing I wanted to say about our lovely D. Wallace during the filming of this movie um, is, is we all we all know that she was married to um, Christopher Stone at the mm-hmm. time. He actually died when she was filming this movie. And oh. as the story goes, as she has told me, um, she's in New Zealand filming, right? Mm-hmm. He has his first heart episode. Um she flies back right away. And, oh God. I mean, first of all, very long, very expensive flight. Oh, yeah. Everything appears to be under control. She comes back to finish her project. And then when she gets back, he has another episode. And that's um, when he passes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then, of course, she has to go back again. And she has her daughter, who's a small child at the time. Um, and so all this flying back and forth and back and forth. Uh, and the studio, you know, did it. Uh, they, you know, arranged it, fronted her the money to do it and everything. Um, at the end, she went to go settle up with the studio for those trips, Extra plane tickets, trips. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, no, Peter Jackson already took care of it. Oh, Peter. I yep. love him so much. Oh, beautiful. So it's like, yeah, he just did it. And she said, you know what? That would have taken like my entire paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was expensive. Oh, yeah, that's last so minute trips, trips there. It was it was taken care of. Um, so that just shows you what a wonderful person Peter was too. Yeah, totally, yeah. and and that makes Dee's performance in this even more phenomenal because what she was going through. Oh my yeah, goodness! Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, because she finished this af- right after he died too. Oh, wow. yeah. So she came back and she finished. But holy cow, I can't even imagine. Dang. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Michael J. Fox is Frank Bannister. This was right around the time when he was just starting to figure out what was wrong with him. Mm -hmm. Um, And apparently he he wasn't there a lot because he was going back and forth for testing and treatments and stuff. Oh yeah, so it was it was really um, coming to a head then, uh, but I mean I love me some Michael J. Fox. What about you guys? Oh yeah, he just makes me feel like happy, safe. You know, it makes me feel like nostalgic and warm. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. No, he was. I mean, he was. Uh, obviously, everybody knows him from Back to the Future, but um, like he had some pretty good understated um 80s movies that you know don't really see the light of day in in a lot of like streaming platforms like he was in doc hollywood which was a really good movie um Mm -hmm. the secret to my success which was another good one and Mm -hmm. um and what's funny is that in the frighteners he pretty much just plays like it's like he's playing 
Marty McFly playing yeah. Frank Bannister. Like he's pretty much almost <laughs> the exact same person in, in pretty much. Both. Um, but in 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 those other movies, like he's kind of a dick. And what's that's what's great about is that like people don't realize that he actually has a pretty good range. It's just that the like this movie and Back to the Future are probably like his two most popular movies um, that most people would identify him with. And so they just think of him as like this, you know, meek, you know, young, timid, you know, teenager kid, angsty kid. And it's like, no, he can actually play like like a confident asshole too. It's just that you mm-hmm. haven't really like like seen a lot of the stuff that he's been in because it's not it wasn't you know it didn't make a lot of money so. Yeah. And yeah. another understated 80s one. I think people also think of him in Teen Wolf too. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I, I'm like I you know there's another one. Yeah. Right. Teen, Teen Wolf is also That's just right. that's just me um automatically honestly. Spin City. Yeah, Spin City. Um first thing when I think of when I think Michael J Fox might even be Teen Wolf over Back to the Future, which is so funny because he was in one movie and in Back to the Future he had three and it's so iconic, but I I love Teen Wolf. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, it was a classic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Of course, Spin City. Uh, great show. Really, really funny. Um, Tales from the Crypt. He was in a Bruno, the Bruno Kirby, Terry Gar episode. Mm-hmm. That was fun. But and, as Jesse was saying, understated 80s movies. Bright Likes Big City. Yes. yes. With, with our man, Charlie Schlatter. And they played brothers, mm-hmm. which is hilarious oh. because... Charlie actually can do a really good Michael J. Fox impression. He did it on nice. Diagnosis Murder once too, because they were joking. It was it was a joke. Like a news team thought he was Michael J. Fox, the character. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so he played his brother, and I'm like, uh-huh. yes, Cute. I've forgotten all about that movie until I saw it in the credits. I'm like, oh my god, yes, 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 yes. So, yeah. Anything else for you, Jamie? I mean, um, we've talked about a lot of them. Just like special shout out because I love this movie. He's one of like the many people who have a little part in Mars Attacks. Um, and that's, I love that movie so much. And um, really fun. I don't know how I didn't even know this until now. Um, he plays the voice of Chance in Homeward Bound and yes. Homeward Bound 2. Mm-hmm. And yes. I'm like, how, how did I not know that? It's totally his voice. Um, but I loved those movies when I was a kid. Holy shit. I loved those movies. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart Little, anyone? Oh, yeah. Stuart yeah, Stuart yep. Little. Yep. Um, he was in this Disney... He was the voice in this Disney movie, Atlantis, too, which was okay. It was like when their animation style had really kind of changed a little bit. Uh-huh. But um, the movie was cool. And he was like the main voice. Awesome. He's He has a great voice. I love his oh. voice. Totally, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Trini Alvarado played Lucy, our beautiful Lucy. She is one that I thought I had seen a million times and I haven't seen at all. Thank you. I've only seen her in a few things and I was like, oh my God, I thought I recognized this woman from like a million things, Mm -hmm. but I don't. I've seen um, All Good Things, Polly, that movie with the parrot that talks, and then she's in a version of Little Women. Other than that, I don't know anything about her. Yeah, same here. Nope. I saw I yeah. um I went through her like her list on um IMDb and I'm like, yep, nope, that's that's strange enough because she she did a great job in this movie, so I'm surprised oh, that she hasn't like been in more things, but maybe it's just for lack of desire to be in more stuff. Who knows? True, true. Yeah, but she was fantastic, beautiful, really good. Um I feel guilty. Maybe all these times I thought I saw her. Maybe I thought it was Andy McDowell. <laughs> I think maybe that's what I was doing too. Like, 
because she looked way more she looked way more familiar to me than she actually was sorry girl you were great (laughs) true you know peter dobson playing ray um her husband is also one i thought i'd seen a whole lot i have seen him in some things but i thought i'd seen him a whole lot more than i actually had same. I've really not seen him in a whole lot. He's Just got like a, a couple teeny tiny things. I was gonna say he's got a he's got a poor man's Ray Liotta going in this movie. So thank a you. Little bit. Yes. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Probably why yep. you thought he looked familiar because I was thinking that too. I mean, I knew enough to like not be confused by, it, but I'm like, he totally right. looks like Ray Liotta in this movie. <laughs> so he really does. Yeah. Um, other things that I'd seen that I just adore him in, um, Drowning Mona. Just I love that movie. We all we all know that. Uh, Party of Five. Uh, mm-hmm. He was in a season six episode of Tales from the Crypt, the one with Tate Donovan in it. Um, and last but not least, I love this movie. Very unpopular opinion. Bates Motel from 1987. It was a made-for-TV movie. It had Lori Petty, Greg Henry, and Moses Gunn in it. He's and I loved it. <laughs> never seen it, but I'd watch it 100%. I loved it. It's, again, movie of the week, but so fun. Right. All righty. John Aston plays our judge. And uh, thinking, uh, I thought of you, Jesse, when I watched this movie, because aside from the fact that you're the reason that we picked this movie, the last one you did with us was House 2. And I mentioned that that Uncle Jesse, that was his name. He was Uncle, right? Yeah, Grandfather I Jesse? So. I don't remember. Um, Jesse, that Jesse, reminded me of Judge in Frighteners. Oh. <laughs> so much. Remember? Yes. So much. Yes. And um, right. it's it's funny, too, because like John Aston, um, you know, father of Sean Aston is um, it's funny because like nowadays, a lot of people don't really think of him in a lot of stuff because he's, you know, he was old when I was young. So I um, mm-hmm. he was in um, he was in the original Adams family. He was Gomez and he was great on the TV show. I want to say original mm-hmm. man on the TV show. And um, and it was. And he was one of those, like, he was, like, the classic, iconic, like, 60s actor where, you know, mm-hmm. he, he he had, like, the dignified, like, charm to him. He did a lot of, um, you know, he, he always he always had, like, gentlemanly roles and stuff like that. I always, um, like, whenever I would occasionally see him on stuff, he, he always carried himself in a very um, specific way. And it was, um, and that's, like, my limited knowledge of him as far as um as an actor and the little stuff that i've seen when i was growing up yeah he definitely his moment was definitely the 60s 70s and 80s but because we are all on the younger side we i at least know him more for his more recent stuff over the last 20 or 30 years such as um we've talked about this before step monster gremlins mm-hmm. 2 um charles in charge <laughs> Becker and my personal favorite return of the killer tomatoes. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, nice. I, I was going to say too, he did a lot of voice work in a lot of shows. I loved when sure I was did. younger, everything from the wild thornberries to pinky and the brain, the killer tomatoes show, the cartoon. Yeah. Um, he was in like a, a number of episodes of eerie Indiana as well. Not a cartoon, but I loved that show. And you know, I love me that. some eerie Indiana. I know, me too. So he did a that's lot. How I, of that's how I learned. That's how I learned that Indiana didn't um, do daylight savings time. Was on that show. I remember that episode. <laughs> yeah, that's how I learned that that yeah, was one of the go. states that didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Erie, nice. Indiana, for teaching me about time zones. So many <laughs> things you taught us. <laughs> 
Oh, yes, it's true. It's all true. Anything else on John? Nope. Nope. Alrighty. Okay. Jake Busey plays Johnny Bartlett and obviously son of Gary. Very obviously son of Gary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I'm not as familiar with his work. I've seen him in some things such as, you know, Ray Donovan, uh, Christmas with the Cranks, <laughs> mhm. Charmed, Starship Troopers. He did Tales from the Crypt, uh, season six with Adam Stork. And um, the newest, not newest, but the season four of Stranger Things. And I haven't seen this one yet. Have either of you seen the 2018 Predator? Uh, No, no, I haven't. I have not. I know, I know Yeah. that it exists, but I did not see it. No. Yeah, Same I haven't here. seen it yet. Um, also, have either of you seen Most Likely to Die? It's newer. No, but No. I saw that on the list and thought, hmm, but never seen it. I watched it on Tubi a couple of years ago, and it was not terrible. It was fine. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, do you guys have anything else on Jake? That's I mean, pretty much everything I had to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's popped up in uh, um in things here and there but i mean ace in, in ace levy and starship troopers i mean he's not there's not going to be there's not going to be a better role he's going to ever play than than that one not that he was like a uh, a dominant one but he just had so many great stupid lines in that movie it was um shooter nuke down a wormhole got a lot of dead bugs so um but um Basically, yeah, like that. He was he was that you know gruff and tumble um, military guy, and it was it was perfect for his character. So that's all I ever think of when I think of Jake Busey. That's like the first thing I ever think of, and everything else, like oh yeah, I've seen him here and there, but he's never re he never really like stands out in most of the movies. He's like in it. You're like oh right, he was in that movie, but Frighteners and this one are the only ones where I really like remember him being in the movie as opposed to like you'd have to remind me that he was in it and be like oh yeah Yeah. I do remember that now if that makes sense so. Yeah, yeah. I always think Christmas with the Cranks because I just love that movie. So I know Mm -hmm. most I like that of it. one too. Right. One of my favorite Christmas movies for sure. Um, all right. John Five played Stuart. He's one I thought I knew a lot more too of. Yeah, didn't really know much of him either. He was in a couple of X-Files episodes and a really small part in, in The Mouth of Madness or At the Mouth of Madness. Mm -hmm. I knew I knew uh, once and again because I was obsessed with that show, Yeah. uh, but also A Kiss Before Dying. It was, I'm not sure if this was a movie of the week. It sure felt like a movie of the week, but I'm fairly confident this was a theater movie, but it, it felt like a movie of the week, but I love it and I have it on DVD. <laughs> Jesse. Um, no, I don't have anything for him. I, um, I liked his character, but yeah, I don't really know, um, you know, anything else that he was in. Uh, aside from going through some nostalgia and being like he was in an episode of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He was in an episode of the Sinbad show, which was a horrible monstrosity Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, of a Sinbad. show. <laughs> but <laughs> just, just if, if, if anybody knows Sinbad's humor, it's exactly what you think of that for that show. But yeah, anyway, Amazing. so. Um, Shy McBride plays Cyrus, my favorite, my favorite ghost, maybe So good. my favorite character even in this whole movie. Uh, I mean, John Lau Laurel Catch show for sure. He's been in a lot of things. Um, Oh, yeah. and um, I'm trying to think of uh, off the top of my head what I. 
particular he's he's another one of those characters where he's he's a great character actor he usually plays like the um an authority figure of some kind and he's usually pretty good at at doing that so the fact that he gets to play like you know this this whiny cranky you know goes from the 70s is just perfect (laughs) for him to like vent off all of his you know actor steam He was an I robot. I That's right. Um, I was going to say of uh, as uh, Lieutenant John uh, Bergen. I, I do remember. Um, I do remember him in that. But I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you were saying, Jamie. Oh, I was just going to say. I sadly, I, I actually don't know him very well at all. There's like a couple things that I've seen, you know, that he's in, but I I didn't recognize him very much. I, I actually haven't seen the John um, Laroquette show before, so. I, I yeah, I, I don't really that, know him. That was one of my grandma shows. <laughs> I loved it. Also, uh, a TV show called Sliders that I used to like. I've mentioned it a few times. So he was in that. And he was in Boston he was, Public. Yeah. He had a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. Yep. All righty. Our, our Troy Evans playing Sheriff Perry. You know, here's the thing. Okay. So we... We talked about him. It was an I Love Troy Love Fest in Halloween 5, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the first time I was, quote, watching this movie for this episode, I wasn't actually watching it. I was listening to it as I was running errands on my phone. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't watching it, watching it. I was literally walking around grocery stores listening to it. And so I was didn't have faces to go with the voices. But as soon as he came on, I'm like, that's Troy. Mm-hmm. Same thing. As soon as Arlie Ermy came on, I'm like, that's oh, yeah. Arlie Ermy, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, and so I was having this this really fun moment of, I know that voice and I love him. Yeah, he's great. We had a little love fest on him already, but I mean, he's great. Well, all I, anything for Troy? Well, all I have to add about Troy is a delicious fun fact. Uh, he also has the same birthday as I do. So. Oh, hey! So <laughs> that's this a nice is a birthday Jesse, share. Yeah. This is a Jesse birthday episode and a Troy birthday episode. There Hello, <laughs> happy birthday, guys! <laughs> but yes, his, he he will be Aww. he'll be turning seventy five when I turn forty five. Yes, wow. man. Oh, yeah. he's great. He's so great. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So Jesse, you really did pick the perfect movie for your birthday. Right? <laughs> yeah, that was absolutely planned. I'm like, well, I have to have one with <laughs> Troy Evans is in because. Because. <laughs> All righty. Arlie Ermy plays Hiles. Oh, he's my second favorite ghost. Oh, yeah. He's great. Always. Everything he is in is great. Like, he's just a really fun character. He's so recognizable. You hear his voice, like you said, and you know <laughs> right away who it is. <laughs> and, and and in the very spirit of what you just said, Jamie, um, I, I I made a little um, clip. I, I The clip that he's in in, the, in his um, opening scene. Pretty much, he's in only two <laughs> scenes of the movie, but um, in the first the first scene he's in, where he's got his most prominent role, um, I absolutely grabbed that because this is Arlie Ermy. For those of you who are not familiar with Arlie Ermy, if you've never seen Full Metal Jacket, if you've not like truly appreciated how great of a uh, of a talent this is, this yeah. this is most likely. I'm not, I don't have this confirmed, but just knowing like the talent that he has, this was most likely improvised. And here we go, or at least most of it was. What in the hell is going on out here? <gasps> Get back in your grave! Ah, son of a... Holy Jesus! Frank Bannister! Go ahead, I'll handle this. <laughs> what the hell are you...
are you doing in my graveyard? You have been told to stay away. Sound off like you've got up here. Yeah, well, it's a public place. Huh? I do not like you. You cannot bring your spooks in here without my permission. Disappear, scumbag. <laughs> They're fighting. <laughs> Michael J. Fox is losing. I am not one of your shitty little emanations, Bannister. You cannot push spirits around. You are scum, <laughs> using spooks to put the brighteners on people. That makes me physically ill. <laughs> We've got a lot of lowlifes around here, and I will provide an armed response on the first sign of trouble. They must be contained. <laughs> My favorite is when he said, that makes me physically ill. <laughs> yes. Oh, you know, he was so talented as an actor yeah. and considering this wasn't his first career choice and he came into it so late that's just uh, he was he had a gift for it he really yeah. really did um of course texas chainsaw 2003 is automatically what i think of him most in and he was quoted as saying that was his favorite role oh i love him in that so much i really like that version so me too and that's a, big, that's a big compliment coming from you because you have such love for the original. The original is one of my, like, like my holy movies. You know what I mean? It's one yeah. of my, like, holy movies. But, yeah. yeah, no, I think it's um I think it's really fun. Like, definitely. Yeah, for I sure. I like that one. Way better than some of the other entries. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he was also in Seven and A Tales from the Crypt episode with D.B. Sweeney in it. And that episode was also directed by Stephen Hopkins, who directed Nightmare at Elm Street 5. Nice. Very cool. cool. Mm -hmm. Anything else for him, guys? Uh, I think I think I've talked him to death in the past. Um, everything that you mentioned in more saving Silverman. He's fun in that. I mean, he's in Starship Troopers, too. So we Mm -hmm. have a couple of people from that, which is fun. Yeah, for sure. Okay, the last one I had on my list, because um, there were so many cast members in this one, but those were the ones that I really, really knew of, is just a bit part. Again, it's Melanie Alinsky, who plays Deputy. Um, oh, She was mm-hmm. in Heavenly Creatures, of course. I loved her in Up in the Air. I loved her in Castle Rock, and I most loved her, most of all, in Rose Red. And, you know, I recognized her, too. I didn't write her down, but she's in Detroit Rock City, which is, like, one of my favorite comedies. She's, like, the love interest of one of the characters, um, and she's all cute in that one. So, love her, too. I recognized her sitting at the desk. I was like, oh, hey, I know her. Yes. I love her so much. And Rose Red is one of my favorites. So, yeah. Yeah, I... I just had one other note I want one other person I had notes on too. Go for it. Okay, I just have to mention Peter Jackson because um yeah, I, I love him so much. He has a small rock walk on part, um, no dialogue or anything. He's just like a background person. But um, I just wanted to mention him because uh, my favorite version of Peter Jackson is when he was doing his horror comedies. Dead Alive is one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, it's one of the goriest movies I've ever seen, but it's hilarious and it's so bonkers and fun. Meet the Feebles is great. Bad Taste is great. So I just had to mention Peter Jackson. I have a lot of love for that man. Of course. I have even more love for him once I heard what he did for Mama D. 
I know. Yeah, I've heard he's a really nice guy. Like, mm -hmm. I love his sense of humor, his style. It definitely has, this whole movie has Peter Jackson flair and feel on it. Yeah, for sure. Jesse, do you have any other uh, cast members you wanted to mention? No, I think we pretty much covered all the ones that I had um, notes on. I mean, I I don't know much about the body of work of um, Elizabeth Hawthorne, uh, who played uh, Magda Reese Jones. But um, yeah, me neither, which is a shame. But mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's like she was the only other one that I wanted to at least like take like one extra second to uh, point mm -hmm. out because I loved her um, in this movie and um, like I mentioned already. But yeah, no, just going through her um, her resume doesn't I, doesn't um, ring any bells. So yeah, it, it's um, strangely enough, despite her being you know absolutely crushing this um, role, I yeah I don't really recognize her outside of it. So, but yeah, that's yeah. All I have. Awesome. All right. Cinematography. I've, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. All righty. Our cinematographer for this one was John Blick and Alan Bollinger. Alan also did Heavenly Creatures, Lord of the Rings, Castaway, and No Way Out. Um, this movie is beautiful. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is so beautiful. It really feels to me like a... Um, Either a northeastern town or a Washington state town. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Even though it was New Zealand, it was just stunning. It also really had a very like Beetlejuice town type feel mm -hmm. to it as oh, well. So much. Very so, much so. So much so. <laughs> like the, I mean, and, and, and that's, that, we'll get to that when we get to music. But, um, but Danny Elfman's score definitely mm -hmm. helps illustrate that very much so. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, no, the, but sticking with the cinematography for now, um, I love how this movie was shot. I love the, um, the, like the over the the big crane shots in the beginning to um you know get you into the town it, it it's yep. they he does a yeah. very uh, they do a very good job of being like this is a small town um but it's also like big enough to where like you know it's not like everybody's tripping over each other kind of thing like right it's, it's a it's a big mm -hmm. enough town to where you know people have their own lives but it's localized enough to where like news of um you know these serial killer stuff you know can be spread you know widespread enough to to be a you know a thing like it, they just did a really good job of like not giving you too much um mm -hmm. ever and not like you know just filling shots with like a bunch of like busy crap and like the the, the action cuts were were nicely done they weren't um you know confusing or hyper anything yeah no all around the um, um the cinematography is one of the main pillars as why this movie's so good so yeah mm -hmm. yeah um i have to say a couple like things that i really stood out to me that i really liked um i think my favorite like shot is actually um it's jeffrey combs is kind of interrogating him and we get these close-up shots on jeffrey's mouth you know and then his yeah. eyes and um it really like adds to the scene and it's just back to his face and you know back to jeffrey combs mouth mm -hmm. as he's like speaking and i really like that i love there's a couple moments where it gives you like face lots of face mm -hmm. um i also just wanted to add um they have some really great visual like sight gags in this movie and i love it there's the moment where frank and ray are at the funeral and he's pulling ray out and then um 
Troy like sees him but doesn't see Ray, you know, so he just sees him like flaring about. Yeah. So it's a really beautifully done like visual gag. There's also another great moment when Jeffrey Combs is getting into the car, but first he has to put his little inflatable donut um, in the seat before <laughs> he like sits on it. And it's just this quick little zippy joke, you know, but it's all mm-hmm. visual, all visual joke. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I love when movies do that. And there are many times in this movie where it does that. Um <laughs> Other than that, I mean, I wrote, like, just goodness, um, camera goodness, just the way that they panned, the way they did the flashbacks. Mm -hmm. I thought it looked really cool. So, Oh, that hospital flashback. Wow. How that was shot. It was so great and so effective. It was perfect. Mm -hmm. It was cool because, you know, it was going back and forth between the present and then the past. He keeps getting put back there. And that's that big reveal that, like, she was a very active participant in this. Yeah. Whoops. Awesome. Yeah. I was going to say, and I have one more um, note. Um, I loved the shot when um, when Ray is a ghost and he's following Lucy to the house. And then he sees like the house in its like haunted form. And the house is like in yeah. like it's like like scary vision where it's like the light, the, you know, the air waves are all wavy. And that that was such a cool shot. Like that, that the white shot of the house. I love that shot so much. It's like one. it's probably my favorite shot of the movie because it was just so it was it was perfect. It was it was, it was uh, that house is gorgeous. And then mm-hmm. like it, in it, in its scary vision was. Yeah, that's that was just yeah. wow, chef's kiss. Yes. Yeah, I love the graveyard. Oh, like, me too. Oh, yes. And yes. The, especially the wide overhead shots of the graveyard. So beautiful. I want to be buried there. Mm-hmm. I love yep. when all the ghosts are kind of coming out of their coffins <laughs> and stuff, too. It's beautiful how it looked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I loved it. It's a great it's so cemetery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very good. Already, special effects. It doesn't matter what happened. What matters is what looks like what happened. And what looks like what happened is pretty nasty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have zombie chicken. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think it to... comes towards the beginning because it's in the beginning of my effects. Zombie chicken. Was <laughs> I don't know chicken? that one. What the hell is Summer talking about? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> is that... I'm trying to think if there was a... Um, if there Steve? Was... What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> He's Let's always good at that game. <laughs> so a zombie chicken. Wait, was there zombie a chicken? chicken? Was there a chicken? I'm trying to think if there was a chicken featured. <laughs> well, I don't no. remember the chicken at all. Were there were there animals in his in his like busted up old house? Like when he first gets back, like were there ghosts? Because like. When there's the ruckus when he's like shooting around and the dog um, is running around with his jawbone, was there a chicken featured there? Was there? I don't know. I don't think Maybe. so. But again, I don't remember writing this, but I did. I know this movie very well, and I'm stumped at where like a zombie chicken would. Exist. All right, Jesse, your homework for the week is to watch this again and find out what the hell is them we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, I also just my my other favorite thing, and this may be. I, this is more makeup effects, I think, than special effects, and it was partly cinematography as well. Is I love it when Mama D goes from old to young and she's revitalized, and it's so amazing. It, it's it might be one of my favorite things about this movie is that transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She. Yeah. There. There was, um, and we'll get to that when we get to the uh, twists. But um, I love how. Um, the movie is like 
structured for, mm-hmm. the, for in, that, in that way. And like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll save the details for, for the, for the, um, for story and everything. But, um, but yeah, absolutely was a, um, was a cool effect too. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I feel like I have, has to be said, I have to be the one to say it. Some of the CGI didn't necessarily <laughs> age great, but that's okay. Oh, they were yeah. working with what they had at the Not time. Not their fault. It's CGI. I yeah. A- so some of the, there were some moments that I watched where I'm like, oh my god, if that was practical, it would look so cool. But some, you know, um, so you know, I did say, oh no, not another car- carpet choke. Um, because <laughs> you know, I remember it looking a lot cooler when I was a kid. All of those moments. Um, so just had to say it. I wish that some of that was practical because it would have held up a little better. But yeah. like, I think the moment where the moment that really gets me is when Johnny's face is like on the tombstone. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and then like his little his pieces of him, his like uh-huh. lab puddles are like growling and stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh boy, oh boy, it happened. Um, that being said, I still love the movie. That was just a sign of the times. Oh That's yeah. Just how the effects were. I actually had a note on on that. Um, I forgot we were in special effects. Um, yeah. I so the movie was made in 1996 and so just keep in mind that 1996 was the heyday of the original playstation so if you have any games for the original playstation like remember tomb raider you remember how like graphically awesome quote unquote that 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 game looked in that came out the same year so my point Mm -hmm. is is that that's what we were working with technology wise so despite that the like you're absolutely right like the the i was like yeah, that's this is this is ninety this is ninety six effects with the with the carpet choke and um mm-hmm. and so like yeah it was it's it's despite it being very obviously like nineties they did a good job of not like show like my there there were two special effects moments um one was like kind of unfortunate and one that I just kept dying laughing on every time and it's just an unfortunate like they they shot it poorly but um. The, the one was just unavoidable, and that was when um, Johnny Bartlett was, like, slowly coming back to, like, form after he, like, slips into the suit. This is right before Michael J. Fox was about to kill him, but then he gets revived, so he can't kill him. Um, when Johnny Bartlett was, like, crawling through the sewer, and he's still, like, a, a big oh. pile of sludge. There's that yes. one shot where he's in the foreground, and he's, like, the sludge monster. That looks really bad. Like, that, those, like, three seconds on the screen. It's, like, just this big digital, like, body yep. torso walking across the screen. And But the other part, the part that I just can't stop laughing every time because it, it's, it's – I don't know if it was done on purpose or not, but right before Magnarese Jones gets killed, um, when death, like – grabs her i think he pulls her out of the car pulls her like if, if michael j fox had her in like a like a fireman carry and he grabs uh death grabs of grabs her off of him but but there's a shot where like he it's it, it widens out and, and 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 like the big cloaked figure just swoops across and you see her body um being grabbed and like all the way into like a di- it's a wide shot but you see your body like flunk on the floor on the ground and it's probably like you know a, a distance of like say 25 feet away from like where the camera's standing and um 
and it stick and it stays on her for a few extra seconds and you could totally see that it's a dummy and it's so funny because like if they just like cut away as soon as she hit the ground then you probably wouldn't have noticed it but it like stays on her for like an extra two seconds and it absolutely looks like this is a crash test dummy with a bob on it and it just puts his boop and just it's just laying there lifeless and i just could not stop laughing when i saw that for the first time and ever since then i can't not see that every time when when and just look for it every time right before right before she actually dies when death like grabs her and plops her on the ground she'll be on the ground for like a good second and a half and you'll see like this obviously a dummy before it cuts to the close-up of her it's great so yeah <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> all right music music okay so Danny Elfman did our score on this. Um, I have a fun fact for for music. All right. So apparently, according to the internet, Danny Elfman was so impressed with Peter Jackson's Heavenly Creatures that he offered to do the score for um, Jackson's next movie without seeing the script or knowing about it. Yeah, that's cool. That's if that is true. Kudos, yeah. If that is true, (laughs) right? Also, we have a cover of "Don't Fear the Reaper" by the Mutton Birds, and a cover of "Superstar" by Sonic Youth. Mm -hmm. the The cover was the cover was okay. It it, I mean, it's not going to beat Blue Oyster Code, but but it wasn't bad. Um, And um, yeah, the Danny Elfman score. My God, I mean, it's it's. I have for those of you who don't know me well. Um, all I'm going to say is, if anybody uses um, Spotify at the end of the year, they have what's called Spotify Wrapped, and what it does is it takes all of the songs that you've ever played on Spotify for the year, and it just gives you like it just it shows you what you've listened to over the year. And my top five um, most listened to songs. Two of them were by Oingo Boingo, which Danny Elfman was the lead singer in in the 80s. So my point is, is that my top five most listened to songs in 2022 were Oingo Boingo songs. So that just gives you an idea of how much I love Danny Elfman as a musician. So there you go. Yep. Well, I love Sonic Youth. Um, so I really love that moment. Um, and that's in Jeffrey Combs' car. Like, that's the music that he turns oh, on. And I'm like, yes. oh, I... I was like, I adore this. Mm-hmm. It's Sonic. It's fucking Sonic Youth. I yeah. love the band. So I was really happy about that. And, um, you know, honestly, I didn't make too many notes on the music just because, uh, I mean, it's Elfman. Like, that's all yes. that really needs to be said. Like, he created, like, the movie is just chock full of that, like, very cinematic, like, spooky. It's got clashy pianos and, like, spooky horns. And it just sounds like a fun haunted house, like, kind of mm-hmm. romp, like, mm-hmm. Love the score. I mean, master. <laughs> you, Definitely. You, I was going to say you have like, it's it's like the combination of like, you have like the harpsichords and like the, and like the French horns and everything and the English horns. Like, it's just, you could, you you can always spot a Danny Elfman score, like the, like oh, the Tim yeah. Burton Batmans and all that. Like, it's mm-hmm. just yeah. so. From like a mile away. I know. Yeah. It's, and, and, you, and when you hear it, like you just go to that happy place, you're like, oh, this is going to be good. It's a Danny Elfman yes. song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a Manfredini score. You just know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, aging. Stand the test of time. 
I mean, the ba the main thing that ages is this is the technology and our CGI, obviously. Big time. I wrote down CGI, computers, and definitely that Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> that was like the popular car in movies. The, oh, I wanted the Jeep Cherokee so fucking bad when I was a kid mm -hmm. because it was in all these movies during this time period. And I'm like, oh, it's another Jeep Cherokee. I, I have to get that car. When I can drive, it's going to be a Jeep Cherokee. It's it's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny you say that, Jamie, because uh, like I said, I was 18 when this movie came out. So so I was at like the prime driving age and all of us high school kids all wanted Jeep Cherokees in high school. That was like yep. the car in the 90s. So it's just so funny that that you said that independently of my influence because that's absolutely what the way it was. Um, but yeah, no, it definitely shows in the 90s. I love, um, you know, the old school um uh, like the clam phone uh, or what, I don't know what you call that, but the wall phone that like mm -hmm. that that. um that uh, Frank Bannister answers to um, to take his first con job when Lucy calls him. Where he's got it's like the yellow wall phone with the with the um, with the cord. Like that just brings me back to my childhood again. But um, mm -hmm. and um, but yeah, like that was you know that was mid nineties. Like yeah, that was very common way you know to to communicate. The uh, I will say that the movie doesn't really like date itself i mean like yeah you could say you could see that it's from the 90s from the from the cgi and everything but but as far as the movie elements like the movie doesn't use a lot of like 90s References. current stuff to like right. drive it along so you can't really say that it's dated it just mm -hmm. is it is it does suffer from the technology absolutely of the of the time right yep all righty twist it's too late Kruger. I know the secret now. Oh, Jamie. I got a little list. I feel like I might have missed some along the way. So, you know, fill in for me if okay. if, if I missed any, guys. Okay. Mystery murderous heart conditions. Patricia never leaves that damn house. Patricia is not who we think she is. A killer, perhaps? Um, <laughs> one of the people's hearts were actually crushed. So that's weird. Um... That ghost fucked that mummy. The um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, knife is in Patricia's house. Um, Johnny's ashes. Um, Johnny and Patricia meld together. I don't really know if that... Maybe it was a special effects moment, but anyway. Um, and then I just added um, accident caused his gift. And then now she sees ghost too. I, I love that part. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I can only imagine what their life was like in between the, these events and then that moment in, in as characters. Like she knows, how do I tell him that I now got it too? And that, I love that moment so much where he's like, yeah, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I know what you were talking about with the, the melding term. It was probably the moment when um, Lucy walks in to the kitchen and she's or or the or the sitting room or wherever she was and um 
and Patricia was like like caressing uh, Johnny's face, you know, maybe like mm-hmm. so she sees like yeah. her like all like twisted and and like now she's she's both answering Lucy and Johnny with the same answers like, mm-hmm. yes, let's do that. You know, and, and I that's what I that that's where I went when you said melding. So I don't know if that's where, what you meant by that note, but that's my guess at what you possibly if you were trying to figure that out. Oh, uh, no, they literally, they, like, literally melded together at one point, Patricia and Johnny, where, like, he, like, melded into her body, kind of, and he was, like, half in her, like, hanging out of her body, the effects, and... When ew. was, wait, when was that? I'm trying to remember when that was. I'm not um, sure. So, this was when Michael J. Fox was a ghost and chasing them? Uh, I don't know. Um <laughs> It was towards it was towards the end when Michael J. Fox is like with them or, or right, right. he's with them or but oh. it's just like a quick moment that I, I just noted. Interesting. It, okay. Like, I'll have to look for that. Their bodies just melded. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to look for that. That's 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 um because I, I, I like I said I like this movie a lot and I I I'd like to I wanna find something new to look for, so definitely check for that. Well, now you have two things. Exactly. Chicken and melding. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm pretty sure it came in pretty close after the scene you're talking about. She's caressing his face, and then they just like, Johnny was like in her body for a moment. Oh, I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. Okay, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pacing! What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? Jamie and I were talking about this before you hopped on, Jesse, and this movie is a lot longer than we remembered it being. It's pretty long. Mm -hmm. I don't remember it being close to two hours, um, but yeah. Yeah, but that being said, you know, I don't like a long movie, but I was not bored and I I was into it the entire time, so it did it well. I yeah, th- I don't think it really dragged too much. There were a couple points where I was like, I like faded just a little bit, but I think that was just me. Um, it didn't. The movie itself didn't really drag or feel like, um, uh, like it was like pushing or anything like that at any point. Mm-hmm. I thought it was paced really well. And what I like, what I really like about this movie is that it's it's structured in a way where, like, the end of the movie. Hang on one second. Somebody's um, car alarm is going off, and it's. Did you hear? Could you hear that? Oh, no. okay. All right, it stopped. Um, so um, I thought it was paced very well, and um, what I really appreciated about the movie was the fact that it's structured in a way where the end of the movie is a completely different feel from the beginning of the movie, where the beginning of the movie is kind of set up like a murder mystery, but they give you the murderer, they give you the plot twist reveal, like with a lot of movies still left to go. So you then spend, then it becomes more like action thriller um, where you're chasing down the actual murderer and trying to clear your name. So it so it goes from like the psychological thriller, like murder mystery to more of a an action um, feel to it. And I really like how seamless it goes from that because it basically starts with Michael J. Fox turning himself in because he's like, I, I don't like nobody believes me. And uh, we're, we're get, I don't want to like get too much into story um, with this, but it's like nobody believes me, and so the interrogation will then with that like 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 
pivots into the, like the action part of it, and it's really cool how like the movie just shifts like that. So so yeah. as far as pacing goes, I think that's why it doesn't really feel its length because right. you're you're like midway through the movie, like you're in a completely different world. Like like they, they mm-hmm. he he takes everything that you've learned and he like now speeds it up very nicely done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, definitely scary. Nah, this is a comedy. <laughs> nah, I'm like trying to think, is there anything? There were a couple moments where you're like, oh, you know, but but like it's just, you know, a, a quick little jolt. Like like um, I remember the first time I saw it, like seeing it in the theater uh, when, when Ray's face gets like swiped off that that like, oh, shit. And then when his skin gets yeah. thrown onto the uh, onto the car, under the hood of the car, um, that was uh, but like. Wait, you don't you, you don't really like notice it. if you're not really paying attention you don't notice it at first but then when you look you're like oh shit like like so there's a couple times where like there's like Peter Jackson is good for those like quick little like ha you know he'll just till um but not like a yes. cheap not like a cheap jump scare where it's just like loud noise and like somebody just appears like you know nonchalantly it's not like that but it's more like like Boo. Like it's like he he tries to scare you, but just in a tiny little like 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 a little needle prick, you know. So I he's he's really good at doing that, and um, he's done he does that in a lot of his movies where there's just that one moment where he's just like I'm gonna give you a little boop, you know, and that's it, and and then he just goes mm-hmm. on with the rest of the movie from that point. Yeah, he just has fun with it. He has exactly. fun with these little yeah. like yeah, love him. Yep. Alrighty, story. Tell us the story. What story? Yours. It was cute. I think the story's... Okay, the thing... One of the things I really like about the story is that these ghosts are, like, in cahoots with him as he's doing these cons. Like, I think that little reveal is so cute when you figure out, like, oh, he's a con artist. He's working with the ghost. He gets the ghost to haunt the house, and then he comes and he can fix it and make his money. I to me that was like so cute and like fun. So I love the con, um, the con element of this, um, and it gives you that sense that you know, yeah, he's this guy, but like you know, he's also a bit of a con artist. He had this tragedy in his life. Like, who is this guy? Um, I would be if I was a reporter, I would be checking up on him too because I don't like when people take advantage of people when they're in grief or you know yeah. any time. So if I was a reporter in that area. I would have been checking him out too if I would have seen that card come up. I'd have been like, "He better not be, he better not be taking advantage of people who just lost somebody." Maybe he's right? making up funerals. Come on now, <laughs> but I love that con element. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I I also really loved. Um, I don't remember. Sorry. <laughs> um, I was gonna like. Absolutely agree with you, Jamie, that the uh, con element was great. It was um, the story. I love the story. Um, I do take issue with some of the like liberties to help like move the plot along. Like they never really tell you what the ghost rules are. And I don't like that. Like, Like on one hand, I don't mind the fact that 
you are kind of like, look, we don't want to bog you down in like all these details to explain all this. So we're just not going to have that scene. Fine. But the problem is that like the ghost rules are kind of inconsistent with each other at some points. And true. And that's the, that's like the issue. Like, like on a, on a simple scale, um, and I hate that I noticed this shit, but um, but this is for for you listeners. Like, if you ever see the uh, these episodes that um, that I'm a guest on, and you probably you think that like I I pick the uh, pick apart um, these movies that I supposedly love. This is how I love them. Just so you know, like like I love finding flaws in things that I love because I love them in spite of their flaws. So it's it's mm-hmm. it's what makes them it's what makes them unique. So I don't need yeah. perfection. Just 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 because I'm probably gonna be like kind of harsh that's why uh, I, I set that up um so like he like so the ghost you know he goes like uh when he's explaining it to ray like which first of all how did he know all of this information about ghosts like yeah he can see them but how did he like learn how did he get like the compendium of like what happens to ghosts like he knows like what happens to him he knows like the rules he knows about how the tunnel works he knows you know like i want to know there. this is this is what i was trying to remember i wanted to know how he figured out that they have a second chance to move on. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he's like, you know, you get in, in, what, 11 years or wherever, he said. I don't remember. Um, you know, <laughs> you can yeah. leave. I'm like, because cause if, cause if ostensibly the ghosts are going through this for the first time, like, respectively right. for them. So, like, they wouldn't know. So, like, it's so funny. Like, oh, not only can he see the ghost, but he also, like, happens to know all the details about, like, the afterlife. And so... Um, and um, and the other thing too is like he he goes to raid like um, you don't eat you don't um, sleep you don't go to the bathroom and that but the very first scene like Stewart throws up so like what was that oh right <laughs> true they do have bodily functions so, yeah too um, um, forgot well, about that and and, and it, it was like okay whatever like it's 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 a silly you know throwaway joke so I'm not like you know I don't care that much but it was just it was just really funny how. Um, how they how like some of the things the and the other part too is um i didn't like how he killed patricia like how apparently like he as a ghost can just just pull her soul out of her body like oh this is a thing i can do i can just kill you by just ripping your like literally just rip your soul out of your body and now you're dead like mm-hmm. why was this revealed that this was possible that ghosts could do like um so fine whatever like it moved the plot along again i didn't take a huge issue i'm just like all right peter and then there was some um, and then the final my final issue in that same line of things was um what was it he could he could pull um he could pull the he could pull the um oh and and then when he goes to heaven they're just like uh we just determined it's just not your time like on whose watch like you know like like we just decided and now you go like the problem is like it was just too arbitrary like it was just because because ray even said like i don't belong on the other side i'm only 29 well he kept going like so why didn't he get a second chance you know so so my point is is that if it's just because he's young i mean we already debunked that earlier in the movie so my point is is that like i noticed this little shit it's not a big deal at the end of the day it's just stuff that i notice that's like all right fine but do i still love this movie absolutely it's just these are some of the flaws that mm-hmm. i noticed in the story so for sure the ghost right. rules are a little unclear. <laughs> exactly. They are, and I want to know how he learned them. 
you know yeah how's their book figure it out yeah teacher so. he's also only been doing it for what five years yeah. i say doing it like like he had a choice but you know so it's not like he's had a lifetime of experience to learn right what's going on anyway not also, an internship program or anything you know uh, and also um completely unrelated he's but um I, I put a note, uh, interesting meta commentary on Peter Jackson being from New Zealand and this movie being shot in New Zealand, but with American actors. And the fact that um, there was one scene that I thought was uh, an interesting little wink to the audience where um, when Johnny Bartlett is um, pleading with uh, Patricia to um, uh, or talking about like his score and uh, of of all the of the people he was uh, killing and everything, and he's like he's like um, he's like this record's got to be held by an American, and <laughs> I thought that that was a very like cute little like wink, like like that that a, a New Zealand director has American actors that that have characters that are saying that a murder spree record should be held by an American. I was like, that's uh, uh, pretty clever there, Peter. I, I, I like, I, I see what you did there. So I, I just thought that was a very <laughs> yeah. interesting little meta commentary was all. For sure. So. All righty. Jamie. Yes. You have taglines. <laughs> I sure do. Taglines. Bring it on. We got a group of them today, but uh, a lot of them are really short. Um, so I'm just going to run through them. Okay. Something has put the fear of death in the living and sent the dead running for their lives. That is not a cut or a tagline. That is a sentence. Um, <laughs> no rest for the wicked. Dead yet? Question mark. Dead yet? <laughs> um, <laughs> your numbers up. Is Ooh, the numbers? Yes. Frightening, isn't it? <laughs> God. When your number's up, it's up. Again. <laughs> and then death is no way to make a living. I like that one. <laughs> I, I also am kind of just a big fan of frightening, isn't it? <laughs> right. So silly. <laughs> Goes perfectly with the silly of the movie. Mm. Yeah. That's or little... dead yet? And that's I like that one too. I was gonna say a lot of the a lot of the humor is just very self aware, and that's what's great. Like, I mean, with Jamie saying like her her prop was um, Jeffrey Combs's breastplate. Like that scene, I love that scene so much when um when he's like he's totally he he owns the moment. Like he he's totally like he's I got you where I want you, and then he is convinced that he's like trying uh, Michael J. Fox is trying to kill him mentally and he's like you're trying to kill me now well it's not gonna work Bannister I'm wearing a lead breastplate like it's just so dumb but it's so funny like it's because he says it with such conviction like 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 this is actually going to work not like I'm fucking with you it's so great so yeah anyway mm -hmm. overall movie rating Terror that's hotter than hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesse, birthday boy guest of honor. So, um, I absolutely love this movie. Um, it's got a special place in my heart. I was, um, like I said, I was just out of high school when it was brand new. And, um, with all of those things being said, um, it's not a perfect movie, but 
it is a movie that when I went to go watch this for this episode, um, I had an opportunity to rent or buy on Amazon, and I chose to buy it because I know that I am probably going to watch it again. And I will say, all things considered, um, I didn't really care for the like his playing around with the afterlife to move the plot along so uh, along so conveniently. But other than that, I'll give it an eight and a half. An eight and a... How about an eight and a hemorrhoid donut? <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I'm pretty close close to you. Um, I actually, I love this one. I do. Um, I have nostalgia for it. I love me the actors who were in it. And I love me some Peter Jackson, like having some fun with a horror comedy. That's my favorite kind of Peter Jackson. Love him. Uh, makes me want to watch Dead Alive. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we're not talking about Dead Alive right now. We're talking about the Frighteners. And so for me, this one gets like a seven and like a CGI like carpet um carpet grab or whatever carpet <laughs> choke <Yeah. laughs> um carpet choke you know or whatever so seven and a carpet choke <laughs> i'm going lower than both of you guys on this one um this is a uh, not movie a movie i watch a lot uh i'll revisit it i haven't seen this movie for i watched it last year but before that it had been about 15 years since i'd seen it so it's not one that I seek out a lot. I like it, but I don't love it. So this one is going to be a, a solid like six and some stinky ectoplasm in the back of a car. There we go. Nice. You know. right. So six is still good. We've talked about this. Six is something I recommend. Six is something I'll watch again, For but sure. it's not one, something I'll watch every year or feel the need to watch every year, but it's still a solid film. For sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fun facts. So many notes. <laughs> yeah, notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I mentioned a lot of these during the recording. A few things I, I have that I haven't mentioned yet are as Cyrus's line, nice shooting text during the museum scene is one of Vekman's lines in Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh Shooting uh, the shooting script originally included another character in the cemetery called the gatekeeper. And apparently he was a big chubby angel who would be acting as the cemetery's guardian. I would have loved to have seen him huh. in there too. I think he would have yeah. been lovely. Totally. Roughly 21 minutes into the film, Frank Bannister is eating by his window. If you look closely, he's eating general mills, monster cereal, um, Booberry, yes. which is nice. a ghost cereal, obviously. Uh, yeah, so that's a yes. I egg. totally. Oh my god! I need to go back and make that my prop. My god. <laughs> yes. Well, and, I mean, I'm not going to edit it, but yeah, just for retro retroactive, the booberry cereal. I totally forgot about that cereal. Talk about like blast from the uh, from my past. I forgot that that was in that uh, in this movie. Yeah. Yep. Do you know what's also funny? It's, it's, such, it's such a just a background piece. You really have to pay attention. And I was going to totally. say, do you know what's f especially funny about that scene? And going back to like the story, like like we don't know what the ghost rules are. So like, it seems like the ghost can interact with physical things, like like at will, sort of. But like, 
the guns don't seem to like you can't seem to shoot people with a ghost gun but yet like when when the judge was shooting with the with the revolvers in the first scene when the dog had his jaw um he shoots at michael j fox which doesn't hurt him and he immediately reacts by throwing his cereal out the window <laughs> so i'm just like I'm like if he's not gonna get hurt why'd you just throw all your blueberry out the window yeah <laughs> last but not least trini alvarado previously starred in the chair from 1988 and apparently obviously i haven't seen it I've seen a movie called The Chair, but it was newer. This is another film about an electrocuted prisoner returning as a ghost. Okay. Okay. All right. It's time for shout outs. First and foremost, we need to shout out Jesse, the birthday boy. Hey. Thanks for coming to play with us on your birthday and picking a fun movie. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it was a bit of a drive to get here and everything, but, you know, I, I made it work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, yeah. Thank God for technology. Right? Yes. Next, we need to shout out our Patreons, John, Daryl, Mike, and Bill. And there was much rejoicing. Oh, we love you guys. We love you so much. Thanks for uh, making our lives brighter. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Thanks to all of our other listeners for also making our lives brighter. We also love you, too. We love you. Yeah. And Artist Clark. So what are you, an artist or something? These are rather good. They're very good, actually. Oh, what a genius Clark is. Oh, yeah. Very, very good. Oh, just just amazing. I need all of his art on my wall. We say it all the time. (laughs) Yep. You mean it. Yep. And last but not least, author David O'Hanlon. What's that book about? Oh, this is something special. Babysitter Massacre books, yo. Check them out. We love them. Special. So much fun. So much fun. Well, that's all I got. Do you guys have anything else? Well, I'm done. I got to uh, just want to make sure that uh, we obviously, you know, say thanks to all of you listeners out there because, you know, even though I'm a guest, I'm still the producer and I have to make sure that we do our propers every every episode. And just a special thanks to all of you listeners out there for all of your tremendous support. And just to point out that all of our Dolls of Horror goodness can be found at the dollsofhorror.com with all of our episodes, interviews and merchandise. You can follow us on the social medias on Facebook and Instagram at the Dolls of Horror and Twitter at just Dolls of Horror. And if you prefer email or want to reach out, say hi, give some feedback or even some movie suggestions, you can at the Dolls of Horror at Yahoo.com. And if you're willing and able to help support the show so that it can keep growing, please feel free to check out our Patreon page at the Dolls of Horror where you can access our entire back catalog where we keep all of our yet-to-be-released episodes and content. And in addition, you'll get a free Dolls of Horror t-shirt in the style of your choice, which you can check out on our website or simply follow the link in the description. Thank you, Jesse. Birthday you. boy. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, that's all I got. So with that, I'm Summer. I'm Jamie. And I'm Jesse. And you have been listening to the Dolls of Horror. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. This has been a presentation of the Dolls of Horror. New episodes are uploaded every week. If you'd like to reach out and say hello to the Dolls, send them an email at thedollsofhorror at yahoo.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram, both at the Dolls of Horror or on Twitter at Dolls of Horror for bonus content. 
And if you really like the podcast and want to support them financially so that they can keep making episodes, consider sending them a donation. Follow the link in the description or go to patreon.com slash the dolls of horror for more information. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Don't you remember you told me you love me, baby? You said you'd be coming back this way again, baby. Baby, 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 oh, baby. Did we do story yet? No, we didn't do story yet. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, on. I'm, I'm gonna cut that part out. Okay, twist. We just did twist. Pacing. <laughs> I'm gonna cut that part out too. I'll start. I'll <laughs> start. Everybody but the center. Offense. <laughs> Thanks, Walt. Pacing. Aww. Yeah. It's kind of a meathead, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of an asshole, too. I mean. <laughs>